Welcome back. We are Made in the 80s, podcast about the 80s by people who are made in the 80s. I'm Shalia. I'm Tim. I'm Kendon. And uh, sorry, friends, for taking a week off, but we know you understand. We are excited to be back to do a in memoriam for Rutger Hauer Mm -hmm. through the 1989... Classic. (laughs) Classic. Blind Fury. Now, Uh, people would assume we do Blade Runner, but we've already done Blade Runner. So we did another... Oh, God. As soon as... Like, the, the day I found out, though... I listened to the Tears in the Rain speech. Is that what you called? Did he said he improvised? It's a monologue. Yeah. So, okay. Are we going to get into that? Monologue is the right way. Let's do it. Okay. So, the, the, it's because it's quick. It says, I've seen things you people wouldn't believe attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I watch sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tannhauser Gate. All those moments will be lost in time like tears in the rain. Time to die. I don't think he says the. In the so, actual, I think yeah. it says like tears in rain. Oh yeah, I read that. It's yeah. t- like tears in rain. Sorry, I added yeah. that. Um, so Rutger Hauer cut like the the original was much longer than that, mm-hmm. and he cut a lot of it, and he's the one who added tears in rain. Mm-hmm. That's it's it's the it's entire that's, yeah. that, like that tells me how like, I have great shivers right now or yeah. like a, down my spine. Yeah. And so he has an autobiography where he talks about that. Yeah, and I highly recommend it. It's an iconic sci-fi film scene you, you'll, you i mean <clears throat> when people show it's one of those moments in film when they show these montages of like the history of film like there's that clip of him yeah in there always and that's the thing right the best thing sci-fi does is it it informs our own lives it's it informs our real world mm-hmm. you know it's it, yes he's an android and it's a futuristic world but what he's saying is appreciate the time and experiences you have then when they're gone they're gone yeah and it doesn't matter if you were programmed with an end date and if you believe like if you believe religiously you might kind of believe that you were programmed with an end Mm. date you know god knows when this is going to happen to you so Mm. cherish what happens to you we even talked about what um sorry go ahead we all know we're gonna die like even like whether you're an android or just a human being you we we all have we're all gonna get die so like this i think speaks to everybody and that, yeah, this is all gonna happen your entire life these are your personal experiences that no one else can share and when you go they will be washed away that is partially what i'm saying but also our end date is is more unknown and it's further away so i think people it's not as real to them mm. as somebody who knows this is going to happen after x amount of time basically no matter what i do yeah so I think that's why, like, sci-fi can focus something that's more diffuse in our everyday lives. Yeah, but this, the, yeah, okay. the sci-fi has the ability to really harness real-life situations in a way that make them feel very um, urgent mm-hmm. and yep. like immediate in mm-hmm. ways that like real life necessarily isn't. I feel like that's maybe why I really like Gattaca. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. those things are happening now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but and. Uh, actually, they're pretty pointed. Actually, now that I think of it, yeah. but it's it's so much more pointed. It's engineered. It's engineer. That's what a lot of sci-fi is. It's engineered so- situations that have a, like a, that may reflect what has arisen with or exists within our population or within our culture. But it's so much sharper it, when a movie decides to focus on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I think also why people appreciate Black Mirror because it's sort of like yes. I need to catch it's, up with it that. It starts to point like, hey, we're we're pointed this direction if we continue down this path. What was it called? Likes? Which is the one where she 
like her all of uh, was it Bryce Dallas Howard? Yeah, Bryce Dallas Howard. Do you remember what that episode was called? Uh, I forgot the name of that episode. Yeah, but it was about like the social media. Yeah, well, like yeah, yeah, ranking people. Do it for the likes. Yeah. So that's why people are doing it. And and okay, so we already have that in just kind of the services that we do, right? I have a score on Lyft when I want to use it. They know what kind of writer I am and all of that. Um, but then reminding me, I need to um tip my lift driver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's also a, like a website that just has people's information, and it's been kind of creepy the way pretty much anybody I look up, I can see their address, phone number, family members a lot of the time, and I don't want to say the name of it because I don't want to promote it at yeah. all. But like the top of the page is a score, yeah, like it's their um reputation score, mm-hmm. and so like I have a three point seven five, I think. Um, it's just it's so interesting. That yeah. like that exists out there. Um, so yeah, and they, and Black the Mirror's funny like, thing is, hmm, think about it. Maybe we shouldn't go that direction, guys. I think that's interesting. The other cool thing is that so in Blade Runner, Rutger Hauer is kind of basically the bad guy. Um, but that I know, I kind no, of no. You're right. You're right. He's put up. He's set up he's as the antagonist. Up, there you go. The antagonist, but has the most meaningful, um, I think, scene of the whole film. Um, but I was kind of glad that we picked. Blind Fury as one to like kind of honor him mm-hmm. because in this one he's the good guy the whole time so it's like I get to see I, I love him and I I yeah. forgot that because I didn't have some um, of this stuff from the eighties yeah. but he's great uh, while we're at it uh, we, we we should do the dark or uh, Batman Begins sometime for him too yeah um that's right using that mm-hmm. yeah um, didn't you get the memo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, rest in peace to Toni Morrison and Peter Fonda. Yes, that's happened since our last two. And Peter Fonda as well. (sighs) Peter Fonda passed yesterday. So rest in peace to those guys. Yeah. Who's actor? Yep. What was he in? Uh, Easy Rider is probably the thing people most know him for. Okay. This is like a seventies big. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then Toni Morrison. There was like was it New York Times or New Yorker? Probably New York Times did like a piece on her and like. It was funny because how many different people sent it to me directly yeah. saying it was really good. I haven't actually read it yet, but apparently it's a really good kind of piece of like how important she was and the things that she did. Yeah. Yeah. Rest in peace. We were talking about this before we started recording of just like, there are a lot of people in our lives that are going to pass that we're going to have to get ready for. And like, it's that generation of people we yeah. love, man, I'm not ready. Yeah. Or people you've had in your life your whole life. Mm-hmm. They're just suddenly just not around. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of so, um, <clears throat> in terms of at some point, you know, later we'll talk about what we've been doing. One of the things I've been watching is the Nano Two and O redo or oh, whatever. And Luke in the Perry. first episode, I was like, "How are they doing this without Dylan?" Mm-hmm. And then they like make kind of a, a nod to him later. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, when Luke Perry, I like that took me out for the day. Wait, mm-hmm. is Luke Perry dead? Luke Perry yeah. died not long ago, a couple months ago now. Um, oh, this ni- no, 2019? Yeah. 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 Oh. And like when that happened, I I mean, it's th- there's been a lot of these where that's happened, but this w- that was one where it was just like, man, I loved Luke Perry. And he was still active, right? Like mm-hmm. I was seeing him in Riverdale. Yeah. So he was in stuff still. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to, uh, this is kind of related to loss and parents. Mm-hmm. But it's also will bring the mood up a little bit. I sent you this directly, Tim. Mm-hmm. This is uh, the Lion King, a short tale. It says, "Everything the light touches is our kingdom." What about that shadowy part over there, Simba? You see this belt? Let me catch your four legs <laughs> there first. You'll see what I'll do to you. <laughs> it says, "Simba never went to the elephant graveyard." 
Because he didn't want to get whooped. Scar didn't have a valid method to trick Simba. Mufasa never died. Scar never ruled. So life went on. The end. Yeah. So what five, is it's that? a five minute short film. Five minutes. Oh, okay. So it's not like a how you, it should have ended. It is. It is exactly a how it should have ended. I guess. I mean, Simba was a bit of a brat. What was exactly. the song? Oh, I just can't wait till dad dies. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, well, let's get into the news. It's been a while since we've been together. Do we have any news? Um, just a little bit of news. Henry Golding, who people know from Crazy Rich Asians, mm-hmm. who's in the new rom-com this uh, Christmas that you're super it? excited for. Dude, I don't know if I am. Why not? I don't know. I don't like Christmas rom-coms. I don't think it's about Christmas. Wait, you love uh, Love Actually? That's a Christmas That's rom-com. That's different. That is the <laughs> Christmas <laughs> rom-com. It's the Christmas rom-com. It's, it's actually different. funny. <laughs> anyway, he's supposed to star in talks to star in an upcoming G.I. Joe film where he plays Snake Eyes. Ooh. Spin-off. No, Kendon? No. I don't I think, think I, any of those G.I. Joe movies have been good. It's a spin-off. <laughs> That's going to make it better? I mean, it's like a Hobbs and Shaw of Fast and Furious. But wait, so it's going to be Snake Eyes? Yeah. Centered? Okay, we have two things. First of all, you remember the toys that made us? Yes. Know, yeah. What was Snake Eyes? He was literally like... A ninja. G- well, no, he was literally a figure that they that they didn't paint. Yeah. Like, he was like, almost like the mannequin version. Mm-hmm. And then they like, gave him a mask and they're like, oh, we can sell this one too. Yeah. So... Yeah. But he was a cool it character. Does, he doesn't no? talk. Yeah, and that's the other thing. I don't think... I don't... He doesn't He's have cool. any lines. I think it's like a Boba Fett thing. Yeah. Where it's like, do you really want to focus in on this character? He's not like a developed character, really. Well, maybe he will be now. Maybe so that's give why. A, They're like, we can do stuff with this. You're well, give he him has a to backstory. Talk Does yeah. he ever talk in the cartoon or no, the comic? he never no. says a word. Storm Shadow, I always thought Storm yeah. Shadow looked a lot doper. All is white. he a yeah. good guy? Yeah. Snake Eyes, Snake is, Eyes is, is. Is Storm Shadow his brother or just like his Yeah, brother? I don't know. They've had different origins of their relationship. It's basically Scorpion and Sub-Zero, yeah. which may or may not make sense <laughs> to you. Oh, my favorite, Sub-Zero. So we were, it was like Halloween. Sub-Zero. A few years ago when we were Food driving show. past Seattle Center. And there's a kid in front of the McDonald's over there dressed up. And I'm like, oh, look, a little ninja. <laughs> Looks and actually, that's Sub-Zero. <laughs> yeah. Are you sure like, the word actually is, was yes, involved there? This was the difference between us, yes. Actually, that's Sub-Zero. <laughs> it's important, though. It's an important distinction. Speaking of, did you play like Mortal Kombat 3, Mortal Kombat Trilogy and all that Mm-mm. back in the day? I did. Because they literally had a Snake Eyes version where he was... Like Sub Zero mm-hmm. and all those other ninjas, but he was just all black, mm-hmm. and he was like a joke character originally, because wow. he looks just like there was the by the time they got to like Mortal Kombat three, there was like six ninjas that were palette swaps of each other. Just oh yeah, colors. yeah, the green one, uh, exactly. Scorpion. So Reptile, Scorpion, Sub Zero, Sub Zero, Ermac was yeah. I think was red. Silly as looking I'm at like, me. okay. Yeah, it's all like, on. <laughs> di- the same template of same di- of different characters. It was, yeah. Hmm. Cool. That's so exciting. Like they took news. the idea of Ken and Wright yeah. and just ran with it. But Henry Golding's the star, and so I'm interested to see what yeah. they do with his stardom if he signs on for this. Well, that's I'll be cool. excited. Yeah. Other news? I got some. They're all minor. Okay. What's well, up? this is major. Celia will now have a reason to be excited to go to Chick fil A with me. Chick fil A. Because they have macaroni and cheese. No, sir, I don't See? like it. No? No. Okay, here's my here's a couple things. Because you think it's made with chicken? Yeah. Probably. So most mac and cheese 
that I know, at least homemade mac and cheese, is made with chicken broth. And so the like, whenever we go to, I think Deirdre's house was one where it was like, just don't tell me what broth you used because you could use veggie broth and it would be just fine. But you J-Bo, don't know. Exactly. You currently don't know. J-Bo, just don't look it up. Yeah, but it's Chick Fil A. Just don't look it up. <laughs> of all places, they're going but to. They might actually they be drizzle doing chicken on everything. They drizzle chicken. Everything. everything. Drizzle, drizzle, no, but here's the thing. This might be their way to be like, because a lot of people, there's people who don't eat meat. And within a family, it's like, you know, we could bring somebody, like we could bring a family or how do I say, attract a family more easily if there's something substantial, not just you can just get the fries. Yeah. So maybe, maybe that'll end the like shakes. Um, So yeah, maybe I'll get that. But also I'm anti-Chick-fil-A because they're anti-gay. So I'm not really looking for ways to... Spend more also, money on before Chick-fil-A. we move on, we did we did Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yes, we did. And Richard Williams, the animator for Who, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, died at eighty six. What? Yeah. Oh man, eighty six. That's man. That's not very one. old. No. Man, how are we doing on the like uh, mortality okay, rate is of ages? Sort of old. That's not that old though. No. Like no, I remember my grandma that. Mary at ninety nine dying and being like, okay. I feel like but, every decade we move forward, it feels like a certain age isn't really that old. Yes, sure. Except for like, I just, like, I knew my great grandparents and I remember when great grandma Mary was like 90s and like walking around with her bird and asking if I wanted to like sleep over a bird and offer me, she had a little bird, <laughs> like a parrot thing like on her shoulder. Uh, no, in her apartment. Um, and then, but she, like, she died at 99, and that was sad, but, like, okay. And, like, my grandpa died at 82, and I was like, no, this doesn't make sense. Like, he was not that old at 82. So, I mean, everyone's different at different ages, but 86 is not that old to me. Fair enough. Like, but I am curious about how we're doing, like, current population-wise, if our average age of death or average, I guess, length of life is going up or down or staying I think the same. in the United States, it might start, it might have actually either plateaued or started going down. That's what I'm wondering because a lot of the generation that's passing now, I feel like they've been younger than I would have expected. Meanwhile, our, uh, like, what is it called um, when women die of like childbirth? Like our mom mortality rates? Yeah. No, it's, it's not infant, uh, maternal. Maternal? Like death that. and childbirth rate? Yeah. I mean, like, that is still really crazy high. It's still really high, especially yeah. in communities of color. Yeah. yeah. And then comparing that with um, other countries that don't have even as sophisticated health care as we have. I mean, it's probably an access issue. But even then, like, what was that woman who uh, wrote... Oh, there's a book that you had me read. What was it called, Kenan? So you want to talk about race? Truth? No, no. It was... Um, Thick. Thick. And one of the things she talked about was healthcare and how, like, she, either her or someone else was sent home when they really shouldn't have been. And then was like, well, there's the scolded when they came back in and they're like, you should have been in. And she's like, I know, I called. And then, like, one of my friends on Facebook recently posted about, like, miscarriaging or something. And they're like, they're in the hospital trying to get help and not getting really good attention. Well, there's a couple of things there, too, right? Because attached to that, was a story about Serena Williams? Yes. Yeah, yeah. them not. Yeah. But I think there's a couple of things. Um, one of them is a bit of disregard, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and a kind of you don't you're, you don't know what you're talking about. You maybe you're more like you're ignorant. But then there's also the your bodies can take more. Yes. 
situation yep. i feel like mm-hmm. so and i've seen that firsthand and then like so my niece is, mm-hmm. and my niece is not i haven't experienced it i've witnessed it no, no i'm saying you, i didn't know you yeah have. and then my niece so my niece's fourth birthday was this week and um i take that day off because that's the day i almost lost my sister mm-hmm. um and i just remember like her t- saying like this is worse than the labor like post post um labor pains and like postpartum calling no <laughs> Well, no, yeah, I guess the term for that, at least. Um, like she was in so much pain, and like my sister's pretty fucking tough, and like didn't have any drugs during the labor. Just wanted, to, you know, she's like, I hear that delays things. I just want to get it over with, so just did it. Um, that sounds like your sister. Exactly. Like so, I mean, and this was hurting worse than that. Called in the nurse multiple times. Like I'm in a lot of pain, and they just kept being like, Oh yeah, it's cramping to close, and it's okay. I'm like, No, it wasn't. She almost died. Like we all saw. Her almost die with like blood all over the floor and I've never seen her so pale. It was really scary. And she was literally in the hospital and they were like, oh, whoops. Like, come on, dudes. Anyway, I forget what this is related to, but it's a problem. The United States life expectancy has plateaued. Plateaued. It's around 78 years. Wow. And with the tech that we have, like that doesn't make any sense. That shouldn't be the case. No, no, no. Well, you're right. First of all. But it also makes a lot of sense because I think a lot of people with access are about to start living until 128 and a bunch of other people are going to be dying at like 52. Mm-hmm. Well, we're probably going to see that. Ugh. Okay. Any other news that you guys want to talk about for today's episode? I did have at least one more. Okay, cool. What, so this what one is because we're all made in the 80s, which means we're mostly all 90s kids. Yeah. Which means we, at some point, we're probably watched several episodes of Friends. Mm-hmm. Nope, never seen an episode of Friends. Wow, Kenan didn't like Friends either. Not one. And I've seen so much Friends. No, never watched a single. Never watched an episode. How'd you, you do were, that? At some point, you had to do it purposefully. He's a little older no, than we are. That's never why. watched it. Maybe. Anyways, Friends is getting a Lego set. Oh, should we get so it we, and like put it next to the Big Bang? I think we should, and next to the Flintstones house. And the Flintstones. You know what needs a Lego set? Mm. Who? Martin. So remember, mm, I told I you like I watched Martin. it recently. I didn't like it. Okay. I would do a uh, living, living single. single. Yeah. <laughs> I would totally do that. Totally in for a living single. There was recently somebody who was like, what were they saying? Was it friend? They were, uh, one of the people off living single was like, friends basically plagiarized our idea. It did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I did. can see that. Yeah. So anyways. I Whitewashed can say, it. Pretty much. Yeah. There were... Was it Blair's play or something? something? Like that scene in Five Heartbeats where like they've got the white group singing their song. Yes. With no soul oh. and it goes yes. and hits the charts. Yeah, same thing. Mm. Happened a lot. Happened Wait, was a lot. Blair Underwood, is that the name of the guy? Did he date somebody on that show? At one I don't point? know who Blair Underwood is. But Aisha yeah. Taylor is black and she was in it. Maybe that's yeah, what she was. Towards the end. Yeah, she was on it towards the end. Yeah. This dude, I thought he was on there. Mm, he might have dated someone. He might have been in there dating I think he was on Sex in the City. He was likely. Sex in the City, yeah. Who was Sex in the City? Wasn't he like pounding Miranda? <laughs> there is a. <laughs> I mean, a lot I mean, of people I don't were know. pounding <laughs> Miranda. <laughs> I just remember a scene. Um, I forget who it was though. Uh, okay, so any other news, or you guys want to talk about what we've been up to? What are we up to? All yeah. right, what are you up to? What are you thinking about doing, watching, reading? I watched Loose, a great movie about this this young Eritrean kid who's adopted by this white family, and he's sort of this model high school student. And um, his teacher, played by Octavia Spencer, has suspects something's off with him when he writes this essay, and sort of everything sort of snowballs from there. Oh, it's great! 
Great film. Loose, L-O-O-S-E? L-U-C-E. The kid's name is Loose. Oh, that's um, interesting. Great story. Great conversations about dynamics of race in America and the way in which we handle our youth. Great. I don't want to give away too much to spoil the film, but okay. fantastic performance. In theaters when? In theaters now. Yay. Okay. Let's do it. Kenan, what are you up to? Um, I'll go with two things. Um, first, I've been watching... Um, I watched this whole web series. I don't remember where I heard. I think I heard it on the Young Turks about it. Um, called Control Alt Delete. Yeah, I heard about that. Which is all about, um, well, it's, it's all about an abortion clinic, which was interesting because they had interviewed the two creators and they had both had abortions and they were both had, they, they became friends and they ended up talking because they, at least one of them had like an odd experience. Um, so they decided to make this show. I think it's no more than 10 minutes per episode. And there's kind of like two seasons. The first season follows just the multiple women, usually like starting like right before they go to the clinic, sometimes talking to their partner. Then they, but by the way, this is a comedy and it's actually funny. It's, Shalia watched a bunch of it with me. You thought it was funny? Yeah, I actually thought it was really funny. I was surprised because I was like, I don't want to watch this. But there, the brilliant thing is that it's, it is really funny. And I don't know if you already said this, but they're only like 15 minutes. Yeah, they're they're very, short. very short. So it's fun to watch just in a row. And the and characters are ridiculous. And a lot of the stories they said are based on real experiences of oh, women yeah. who've gone into these um, procedures. And so it's those crazy stories that like somebody has your legs wide open, like the doctor is telling jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or that there's like this one crazy woman who's just there all the time. Has like, her own you're favorite in my chair. Seat. Yeah, just kind of hangs out. I get the impression she's not always there for herself. She's just kind of that's her spot. So... Uh, yeah. yeah, no, I think it, I thought it was really funny. And then the cool thing is in the second season, there's only two, I think, but they kind of purposely tried to make it into more of a um, workplace comedy. Mm-hmm. So it starts to focus more on, I mean, the, the office workers and like the, the culture there, um, as opposed to being more like individual stories about the actual women. Anyways, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a good um, one. Also, uh, I've been on what I'm calling the summer of the rooftop, which is... I've been going to rooftop bars and happy hours and any other rooftop that I can, you know, get access to um, ever since June. Mm-hmm. Um, well, maybe July. Anyways, I have a couple of like highlights. So anybody who's in Seattle when it's nice out, which is not always the time. But um, these places are all good places. Um, M Bar, which is in South Lake Union. Which doesn't really have happy hour. But it has a nice rooftop. A bunch of these places don't really. I think I think they know they don't have to. <laughs> yeah. So just don't go. I, In fact, I the one that we summer. went to yesterday real quick, they started charging cover like at 530 and happy hour, quote unquote, happy hour didn't cover? even until six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like cover, like $10 cover during happy hour. Yeah. That's oh, the thing. Lame. I'm like, I went to one a couple summers ago where it used to have crazy good like Taco Tuesdays for two bucks mm-hmm. and like a, a like a tin bucket full of ice with beer in it and like they used to yeah it was a super nice spot but like really cool happy hour and then it changed owners and changed names and all of that and i was still going there but like my bills were a lot higher and it wasn't until the end of the summer i realized that there was no happy hour pricing like the menus they were giving me were just their appetizer menu or their bar menu or whatever i I I think huh it's unfortunate in some in a lot of these places i visited i think it's a kind of an amazon crowd or something Uh uh-huh 
You got young people with money. Yeah. So they don't need to do happy hours. And I'm and I'm a I'm currently a graduate student, a little on the older side of graduate student, but I was going with a bunch of people from school who are, you know, eight years younger than me or something Without like that. Without money, it really shouldn't so, be. So yeah, none but... of us are like super on money. So of course we drank before we went there. But anyways. Um so M Bar, the fog room was mm-hmm. really interesting. Um the Seattle Mountaineering Club might still be my favorite. And this is actually in U District. Mm-hmm. In um, a hotel called The Graduate. So it's like right on like 45th and between maybe Brooklyn and. Um, yeah, they I think can it's Google on Brooklyn. It. Yeah, you guys can Google it. But it's really nice and it's got a really cool view from the t- from the top floor um, of downtown from the north. Mm-hmm. Um, we also had the Hard Rack Cafe and The Nest. And I just you liked Hard Nest. Rack? Yeah. Hard oh, rack was, I didn't was think good. he really liked it. It, I'd did, like, it felt I, like. It took a, me a while to get him there. It felt kind of like. Um, what do you call it? Like a mini golf? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's because it's a they fake have grass. fake turf yeah. or something? Yeah, it felt like. But other than that, it was touristy, but it was also a great view. Yeah, cool. So, yep, rooftop happy hour in the summertime. Best. Do it, do it, do it. Best thing to do. Um, okay, so quickly, what I've been up to are um, something that I thought tied in really well with this week's episode is that Ken and I, with his sister and mom, went to Tahoe. And so we were on the, we stayed in the California side, but we flew into Reno mm-hmm. and um, Nevada. I was confused. So I was just like, hey, <laughs> what have we were watching this. I was like, we were just in Reno, sort of. I, I saw it from afar. Um, and then, okay, so it's been a couple weeks now, but it's the first time we're recording that Tim took me to go see Hobbs and Shaw. I did. And it was amazing. Like in terms of spinoffs and things that are going to be like wonderful, I always forget how much fun the rocks movies are i always think they're gonna be trash and they're gonna be ridiculous because he's funny and like i I always go in with like really low expectations and then i'm like god damn it this is really smart have you seen tooth fairy i have not seen tooth fairy okay i'm just curious i should probably watch tooth fairy to be fair his movies can be trash and bad but also they're and also yeah exactly exactly they're but they're like the jokes are well done it's really funny they go to samoa there were some problems there but um Overall, I was very relieved. Well, just like the mom acts a little bit more like a Hawaii-based mom than a Samoa-based mom in terms of like pigeon and things like that. Gotcha. But like, um, no, like I was really worried about like how this was going to be represented and it was fun. Like it was, it was, it was okay. Uh, Did you know Cliff Curtis wasn't the first choice to play his brother? Who was? Take a guess. Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. <laughs> I'm, I, they can't get together until they do Baywatch Hawaii. Jason Momoa. That's I was hoping the one you were going to say John Cena. I really uh, want to see nope, those John two Cena's together. John in the next one. Just, in the yeah. Fast and Furious. Oh, he is. Mm-hmm. But he's, so he's, repa- not gonna be he's like replacing the rock, yeah, basically. Rock, though. Yeah. yeah. So I really liked it. It was a smart movie. It was really fun to see that like different styles between Jason Statham and The Rock and how they played those. The action was amazing. Like the fight scenes and the are action scenes. With these movies. I forget that. And then I'm watching it and I'm like, this how is so How are you forgetting so that? There's been like fun. what, seven, eight Fate of the Furious? I, I we know. know that they do good action. I forget. I they do. They run down the side of a building and the rock like flies down yes, and like grabs it was the amazing. guy. Amazing. It I'm was looking really forward to it. It's good. ridiculous. And so we, question, I really can't wait to go see it with Kendon. It's question. Ridiculous. Yeah. If it's not spoilery, yeah. are, they able to, are they kind of setting up a side franchise? Will yes. these guys, will they be yeah. the future? It's, it's yeah. continuing. Hobbs and Shaw. Okay. Yeah. So, so, also, uh, 
part of this is I there's a show that I just started watching. It's kind of an it's a new show this year and it's a few episodes in. It's called Songland and it's based on um songwriters. So there are three regular um people on this show that are basically like a panel. Mm. Um, and then there's one like guest every week. And that person is a recording artist who will pick a song from the contestants to either put in their album or just to, to have, right. They're going to buy that and use it and, and have a new song. Um, and so uh, like most recently this last week was Macklemore, which was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And it is really fun because you know these artists, so you can kind of guess what they're going to pick. Um, so the yeah, way one of them sounded like a Macklemore song. Yeah, we were like, okay, I can see how you would, mm-hmm. how you can make this one work. So like the Jonas Brothers did one, which I think is funny because have you guys watched the 80s video that they do? No. They have a recent song. Like it, it's like a children of the 80s, um, 80s theme video that I thought we needed to mention on this podcast. Um, so uh, so the, the show is... That they have contestants, they come out and they sing their song. And then what's really cool is the panel will start kind of riffing on it and just be like, you know, this is really cool. I could see this these <laughs> lyrics instead. They start like playing with the music a little bit. The like various people will sing different pieces just to kind of see how they can make it fit for like that artist and what they're trying to do. Yeah. Then they'll pick a couple of them to come back. And while they're gone, they'll work with the regular panel members to update the song to fit what the, this artist might need. And then they come back, they perform the updated song, and then the artist picks which one they're going to do. That structure they've done in something else that I've seen, one of the other shows that you've watched. I think it's a great structure. I mean, to like kind of work on stuff. Like, so what's fun is like at the end of the Macklemore one, he's like, he's like, I can't wait to sing this in front of a crowd of 40,000. And then they show us two weeks after filming ended, him in, I forget where, another, not United States, in a country, and he and he has a rule that if you r- wrote the song, you're singing it. So the guy who wrote it is on stage with him singing because oh, Macklemore raps. Is, is that the way that Ceiling Can't Hold Us probably came about? Maybe, yeah. I mean, because he's a rapper, so he's not necessarily going to be doing the singing anyway. So yeah, I mean, so then like they show them performing. It was really cool. The reason I bring it up is because the very first episode I saw was Aloe Black and the director of Hobbs and Shaw. Mm-hmm. And the competition was they needed a song for the movie. So Aloe Black was supposed to sing a song for Hobbs and Shaw. And it was going to be like in the trailers and in like a, a song for the movie. And we got to see how it was selected and made. It was so much fun. And it was really funny because I had seen the movie and I got, I guess, the right one at first. But then all of them sounded like they could um, fit. And then the one they picked was great. It's like for a lot of reasons. Anyway, it was really fun. I highly recommend the show. Remember the, you, the episode you showed me and the one guy had the song that was kind of cringy lyrics and so when they when they started to riff on it, they were like, "So if you get rid of this, you get rid of this, you get yeah. rid of this, you get rid of this." Well, like one guy was like talking about like, kind of like a, I don't want to be attached. I don't want to be like, I just want to hook up. And it was like, yeah, but you're you're proposing this to an artist who isn't trying to be that bad guy. Like that that artist would sing about love, maybe, but not about I don't want to be connected to you. So it was that, yeah, they're like, all right, well, you could change it this way. It's still got some of the same components, but it's more of a message that this artist would do. But if this artist didn't pick it, then you can go back to the original lyrics and sell it to somebody else. Um, Who's going to sell it to the weekend? Who doesn't mind giving that kind of, you know, uh, style or That's part of their brand. Brand. There you go. Okay. That's what I've been up to. Are you guys ready to talk about Blind Fury? I'm ready. So ready. Okay. I also do circumcision. Blind Fury. 
1989, Blind Fury, Rutger Hauer stars mm-hmm. in this, what was it, American Samurai Yeah, film? they said it's an American Samurai <laughs> action comedy. <laughs> I can but see I actually see, I see it. Yeah. The synopsis is funny because it says a blind Vietnam vet trained as a sword fighter comes to America and helps to rescue the son of a fellow soldier. That's Which very exactly complete. Exactly the film. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of road trip in there. Yeah. But he wasn't always blind. He became blind in the very first scene of the film. Yeah. Which, structurally, I, I want to mention something about that. Okay. Well, first, who made uh, this movie? It's directed by Philip Noyce. Noyce. Who also did Noyce. Dead Calm, um, Patriot Games. Ah, that's Patriot a good one. Games. Clear and Present Danger, The Saint, one of my favorite uh, Bone Whoa. Collector. This guy went on to some Bone Collector. Stuff. Bone Collector. That's um, an Academy Award for Angelina Fire. Right? He did Salt. I'm not sure. Um, so directed by him. It stars, was Salt an action movie? Yeah, with Angelina Jolie. That's what I thought. Uh, so obviously stars Rugger Howard as Nick, Terry O'Quinn as Frank. Um, Which I'm used to him being not a good guy. Yeah. Because I lost. kept waiting for him to turn. Brandon calls the little kid Billy Devereaux. Um, <laughs> that kid. Hmm. Noble Willingham as McCready. Uh, Lisa Blount as Winchester. Um, and Nick uh, Casavetes, who we've seen a lot of stuff. Who Did you say Mick Foster already? No. Not yet. Rick Overton is in it. Randall Tex Cobb, who's always like the bad guy and moves, is in it. And Meg Foster is Lynn Devereaux, who doesn't I, last not, long. Yeah, it doesn't last not long. Not in it a lot. Yeah. I, lot. I, I didn't remember. I was like, oh, is, wait, is she, di- is she dying now? Yeah. Because I remember there was a girl in the movie who had to lick the wound. Yeah. But I didn't realize it wasn't her. Yeah. Lick my wound. So, uh, yeah. So essentially, this kid, we see this accident at the beginning that turns Nick blind. Well, it's on purpose. It's on purpose. He's in Vietnam. Yeah, he's blinded, and then they teach him. They're like, it's like it's like stereotypical Vietnam. It's like bamboo and like water, and having been to Vietnam, it's super ridiculous that like that <laughs> the framing of Vietnam. Wait, in nineteen sixty nine though, there's still cities in Vietnam. Yeah, but I mean, like he cities. just wasn't in a city. Yeah. Because those outposts were not sitting in the city. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he gets rescued. He gets rescued, and he's blind, and he learns all these behaviors. And the opening is kind of, he's in a he's in a bar with these sort of nondescript Mexican gang member bad guys. 80s no, bad no, guys. Latino. Latinos. We're not quite sure. I don't know. I thought there might be Cuban because he was in Florida. Sure. He that's, was in why, that's why I said Latino. Are Latino. Latinos Latinx? Cuba? I don't know. Yes. I don't want to be culturally insensitive, but. Yeah, they're I'm brown. They're brown challenged. people. Yeah, they are brown. Okay, people. Okay, rewind to Vietnam real quick though, because did you say that he was blinded on purpose? Yeah. Who no, who purposely I didn't think blinded, he was blinded him? On purpose. It was part of when I he said there was an accident, and I said it was on purpose because they were they were attacked. Yeah. Oh yes, they were attacked. So and it wasn't an accident. I was saying it wasn't yeah. an accident in that way. Yeah. Okay, but there was, during there, the there was battle, a mortar. They got attacked getting... by a mortar. By there was a mortar attack because remember they were just about to leave. Yeah, they're yeah. on their way out. Okay, yeah. yeah, and then he, yeah, he got blinded, blinded during the battle. So and... is he a prisoner of war? No, yeah. because a village found him and took care of him. Right, he was MIA. Yeah, right. Well, because he's on. He they, she prisoner. said he's he's on the memorial wall. As yeah. an, and he said he was MIA. Who's MIA? That's what right. He said. Which, but MIA would could potentially mean that you are. He could have been a prisoner of war. If he was a prison, if he was taken prisoner, he would, would have been. They prisoner. would know he was a prisoner. 
And he would have known he was a prisoner, but he wasn't. He, wasn't. he, he was, was held by very friendly Vietnamese. Fri- yeah, the friendly yeah. Vietnamese. Who decided to, like, Not only did they bring him by class, they taught him samurai skills. Yeah. So if he wanted to leave, they would have let him? At some point, they let so. him leave. I don't think he could have, because he was blind. They needed to help him. So well, that he could. no, he could have left. They, they did not dropped, hold him. They could have him. dropped him off in yeah, the city. They hold him. He wasn't if he a said, I wanted to go home, I want to go find the Americans tomorrow. They would, would they have, have dropped him yeah. off? You think so? Or I, I don't know that they would have gone out there, but they could have said, "Okay, go that way." They would have helped him. Yeah. They would have. They wouldn't have held him. I don't think. I okay. didn't get that impression. So, because if they, if that were the case, they wouldn't be helping him learn how to yeah. fight better. Well, and that's why I said, yeah, they didn't like, teach why him how to survive. <laughs> I said, why are they? They, they didn't just taught him how to survive. Like, yeah. They, they didn't teach him how to survive <laughs> per se. They like, I mean, they taught him how to cut fruit. Yeah. So I asked that while we were How watching, be a ninja. and Shalia was like, oh, they're just friendly. And I was like, huh, I wonder if they were doing it for a challenge as well. Can we teach this to a blind person? Yeah. I mean, maybe, but... And since they can do it, even if they're making like teaching him how to fight, there's a lot of them who know how to do that. Yeah. And he's incredible. Let's stop He's there. really good. He's like incredible blind man. Very Hence the name Blind action. Fury. Blind Fury. But what's interesting is the Fury, you don't really see that. Like, yeah, he's, he's like, really good he's nature. fighting, he's like smiling and being like, whoops. And Blind Fury is <laughs> much better. Yeah, he's like stumbling. Like, yeah. even until the, the bar scene. Yeah. He's, you know, they're insulting him. Um, then the purse lands by him and he like, with his stick, like picks up the purse mm-hmm. and is like, then he like fumbles. Oh, I'm so sorry. But he's like very comedically like knocking people out. Yeah. Yeah. No, and there's some, there's so much brilliant to me. Uh, like jokes and dialogue because the guy's like, give me the purse. And he's like, you sure it matches your dress? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of those kind of jokes in here. And lots of like, I'm going to make fun of this blind person. Of yeah. Like the Tabasco or the hot sauce. And then yeah. I'm just like, yeah. whoa, this is delicious. It's not hot enough. For me. Yeah. But I did say, I was like, well, he was in Vietnam. Actually, yeah. Vietnamese p- food can be very hot. Can't yeah, it? yeah. 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 It was like. I saw a whole sheet of them like drying out those red peppers. Yeah. So. It's like, he, he yeah. probably oh, has well, had some spice. Well, fuzz is. Uh, mm-hmm. Is Vietnamese, and I love that that pepper pepper oil. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I saw them making it. Yeah, that stuff is so good. I saw them making it. I was like, that's how they made the pepper oil. Oh, <laughs> the pepper oil. Uh, yeah, so he ends up like stumbling into beating people up. Yeah. So his thing. So then he he's he's hunting down like his old buddy. He goes to his house. Now, why did it take him twenty years to find Frank's house? Don't know. Okay. I don't know how long has he been in Vietnam. Yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah. yeah, that's true. They just say 20 years later. So he comes in. She's got an annoying son. We'll get to him later. Um, so the son is there. Irritating. Irritating little kid, man. Obnoxious. So the, anyway, so her son is there and she's there. And these people knock on the door. So he comes there at the same time. They're looking for the son. Mm-hmm. It's, it's two police officers and like these other random goons who, yep. are, who are there. Before we go too far, too much further into yeah. this, um, I'd like to think of this movie or a review with a slight parallel to Terminator 2. Because I felt like I saw a lot of Terminator 2. Yeah, just like yeah. a big, or, tough protector, like yeah. you said. Yeah, well, and the police being, like, trying to get after him and, and the end. Anyways, I, I saw a lot of peril. So, it's like, a, you know, they're like, oh, you're a blind guy. They're treating him like he's blind. Because he is. he is. And then they <laughs> end, up, um, end up shooting her. Yeah. Yeah, just straight up shot her. And now they're there because they're going to take this kid hostage. So before yeah. we get, he finds the house. We see a, a flash over to Reno where Frank is being held off the top of a hotel. Yeah. And then when he meets, when uh, Blind Fury meets the wife, 
or ex-wife, she says he's like, what, an organic chemist? Yeah, an organic yeah. chemist. So, making drugs in Reno, apparently. Yeah, I was like, wait, so what, yeah, what is, what does an organic is chemist do in Reno? chemist in the desert who is breaking bad. Uh, yeah. So they're drugs. like, basically, they need him to do something. And, and so for leverage, they're going to go kidnap his son. So they're going to kidnap the son, so to get him to do their bidding. Mm-hmm. Uh, so which is synthetic drugs, yeah. Which are in that state as legal as whores and lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> whores and lawyers. So yeah. not hookers and blow, but hookers and synthetic drugs this time. Yeah. Um, so We're moving into the nineties. Yeah, yeah, I was at eighty nine. So they, they shoot him. They shoot her, and then he's like holding her, and they're like, "Ah, oh, blind guy." So this is when we see the sword for the first time. Mm-hmm. What we think is a walking stick. He reveals it's a sword, and he like cuts this cop up. He chops his hand. The first one's yeah. hand yeah, off. Yeah, chops his hand off. And, and the like, hand dices still the other guy in the, the corner. Gun. Yeah, <laughs> that's so good. Cuts the other guy up in the corner. Guy like falls slow. It's the best death in the movie. It's just like, Ugh! and then um, no, it's not. What's the best death? Oh, oh the, the big end. dad oh, slag. Yeah. Uh, then he 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 cuts slag's mustache. Because Slag gets away in that sequence. He yeah. keeps getting away. Slag like jumps out the window. To He's escape. like, yeah, you can't beat bullets, and then jumps out the window and runs yeah. away. That's not how windows work. No. No. So, but it is how 80s bad guys work. So now, hey. so now Nick knows he needs to get the kid and make his way to Reno. After uh, her dying uh, statement, yeah, declaration my wish, son. save, protect my son. Protect my son. Protect him. Promise me you'll protect him. So she dies. Take him to his But father. then he doesn't tell him that his mom's dead. Yeah. Yeah, but that makes some sense because he's trying to get that kid away. First of all, it was kind of a creepy, like, stranger danger situation. <laughs> Very stranger it's danger. It's like, your mom told me I, I need to take you to the, your dad. Now let's get on this bus. Yeah. Um, but in fairness, it was a, definitely a friend of the dad. Like, this wasn't yeah. a... Yeah. yeah. Well, the he kid, grew up... Actually, he literally grew up with a picture of, of the, yeah. the guy yeah. in his living room. Yeah. Fair enough. But but you don't that. want a kid who's, who's like, emotionally freaking out yeah. while you're trying to do that. So I feel like it made some sense that you didn't the tell kid him. Would, he, he would have had to pit the kid over his shoulder. Like, yeah. the kid would not have left the house. No. Yeah, he needed to wait, but he did wait a little bit long. Yeah, they're on a Greyhound. Yeah, he waited a little longer. They're on a Greyhound bus on their way to Reno. Which is fun. It's like, I was kind of was like, does the most of this movie take place in Reno? I was like, I think of this movie as a road trip. It's a road trip to Reno. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And it's kind of fun how each scene, you know where they're stopping because they always show you some kind of sign. Mm -hmm. Like the first one, it was raining, but they had like crawfish. Yeah. I think so. We're like, okay, so now they're they've hit Louisiana. That's a long road trip on a bus. Yes, it is. From I did Florida a- to Reno. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. And then when they make it to Reno, we see like Reno trucking on yeah. the side of my, one of the trucks. My family's not known for their like my extended family not known for their love of flying. I had a cousin who came out to visit us out here from Georgia, and she would not fly back. She so drove she back? took a Greyhound. Yeah, how oh, long that is. Yeah. Because we've well, driven Kevin it. took the train from San Francisco, and it took him days. I was like, why is Well, they stopped the bus. So like, there was a landslide partway through, so we had to take a bus oh, around a la- landslide. I that part. Uh, yeah. I was like, this is not uh, quick. No. no. <laughs> um, okay, so partway through oh it's actually when he does finally decide to tell the kid that the mom right. has died. They are in what state are they in at that point? There's corn. Iowa. 
I was going to guess Iowa, but I'm not sure where no, Iowa is. I think stereotypically, yeah, stereotypically you just say Yeah, because they're running through the cornfield with those hillbilly guys. Yeah. Could be Kansas. And it's, that's, that's the other thing. That's what he tells him. And the kid like, you lied to me. And he, mm-hmm. run, and he runs away. Oh, that was so irritating. And we figured, so Slag has been kind of following them. Um, yeah. And waiting for a moment that when the kid's not like kind of alone to grab him, which is exactly what the cornfield did. Right. Um, it was pretty hilarious how, uh, what is his name? I keep saying Blind Fury. Nick. Nick. How Nick uh, uses the scarecrow. That was fun. That was, was, like, was oh, yeah. almost, that was almost Looney Tunes. Guy. Yeah, what? it was very Looney Tunes. And I was like, how do you know this isn't one of your guys? Also, it was kind of. How come you can't catch this blind guy? He's blind. Well, he also, like, he, he picks up like local goons wherever he goes. That was the other funny thing. Was he picking? Yeah, I guess so. Like they the ones local. in Florida were there, and then the yeah. <laughs> so this movie, this movie was structured very much like a video game. Is. Oh, dude! Especially oh. the end when the random ninja dude comes out. They're like, yeah. like get us Big Bruce boss. Lee. You yeah. know, like you've get got, his brother. <laughs> you've got the slag who shows up multiple in multiple locations and always gets away. Yeah. Yeah. But the goon, the main goons, you defeat the goon, the yeah. and then the the sub boss jumps away. Yeah, That's and so he's in every true. other place. And then you're right, the samurai guy is like. Because the main bad guy is not a physical threat. No. Right? Which is very much a throwback to a lot of those 80s uh, martial arts films where it's just like... Yeah, yeah. fit through yeah. all of them. You gotta get through all of them. And yeah. the main guy just like oh, a guy man. in the suit. I loved By that the, like, part, like the though. What is it? Uh, Game of Death when he go, when yeah. Bruce Lee goes up against Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> that is fun. And I always like the end of Enter the Dragon with the dude with, Mr. with Han. the claw. Mr. Han. What yeah. year did Bruce Lee die? Ooh. Was it in the seventies? Yeah, that'd have been seventies. Oh, okay. So this guy yelling, "Get me Bruce Lee!" He's like he's passed. Way, way out of. Uh, then he's like, "Get, me, get me his brother." <laughs> I think this is a very racist trope because they're bringing in another Asian dude. It is, but it was also funny. We were it, like, his it, brother. Yeah, what did you say? Okay, like, what does the brother do? Like... Is he an accountant? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like, turns <laughs> oh, no, out his said... brother is a librarian. Librarian. Yeah, um, yeah. but it makes sense. Like that. First of all, it seems right for the time, right. and this sort of guy. This sort of yeah. guy, yeah. Well, and then remember um, when Nick's fighting him, and he touches his face, and he's like, oh, you're Japanese. Yeah. I was like, how do you know he's Japanese? <laughs> I, I, I liked that, because I felt like it maybe informed what style he was. He knew he was about yeah. to be fighting against. Yeah. yeah. Pretty all, cool. all the stuff he learned in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Magical learned all of that. <laughs> yeah. I want Actually, we asked, what has he been doing for 20 years? Has he been training more? Has he been competing not, not not like on a competition circuit, but like going around finding people who he can practice against. And Maybe because he definitely has different styles. Yeah. yeah, and that's why I was saying, oh, I I know I'm fighting against a, a Japan like a Japanese uh, katana expert, mm. so I'm gonna do this. Actually, now I'm thinking about uh, what do you call it, um, the Princess Bride. When he's like, when Andre oh, yeah. Giant's like, I know why I'm having trouble with you. I'm just used to fighting multiple people at a time. You yeah. use different skills to fight one person. So yeah. So fun. Okay, um, where were we? So a kid gets caught in the cornfield. Yeah. Oh, oh, gets thrown into a shed. Yeah. Big Bad goes on top of the shed to the roof to shoot Nick. Nick comes around the other end and like knocks out one of the supporting and the, beams. And, and I was like, is that the same? Is that the same shed they the just put the is, kid in? Yes, the kid is still in the shed. They're like the <laughs> shed been. He could have been impaled by a piece of random like ply or not plywood metal. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <laughs> but it also makes it also so makes ridiculous. sense, right? Because he he doesn't come across. He's not like a tactical genius or anything. No, he's just very competent, very capable, and aware, and aware. But yeah, but like blind. He's this but. dude has a gun. He is a certain sort of threat. He might not even. No, he knows the kids in there, right? I don't know. I don't know because the kid starts yelling. 
Yeah. yeah. After. Afterwards. <laughs> Help! <Nick>! Uh, <laughs> Help me. So he almost happens. killed me. So then they walk, and they he walk. carries the kid on his back from yeah. whatever state that is. It's a long walk. No, no, there's no, no. He, he walked to the next service station. Yeah. yeah. Or truck stop or something. <laughs> is that, is that when they meet the state. woman? Well, then why didn't they just walk to the one that the kid ran from? Maybe because the bad guys are back there. I don't know. They killed yeah. all the bad guys. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. Don't go back to where you were last seen. Were last ob- yeah, I suppose. obtained. Is that when they meet the woman? Again, t- Terminator. They go to the house. I don't know if they show us, but yeah. So they go to Frank's house, and Frank's friend is there, yeah. and she. it's like they're all mixed up with this um, criminal organization and so they go inside and billy gets taken and he gets nick gets hit in the head now um nick should have known there was someone behind the door should he because remember i mean he knew that there were people they brilliantly set up nick right in the movie he's like are you expecting company yeah no there's someone at the door and then you hear the knock yeah like well i was gonna say before that when he walked when he's walking like he hears the flies probably smells so he walks over the shit the, like the pile then, of dog shit. Yeah. And then there's the alligator, which he kind of just assumes is a dog because it makes a sort of growly noise. I didn't know if that was a joke or really. I, it seemed like to me that they were kind of saying, okay, he knows how to, like, yeah. to navigate the world, but he's not perfect. Yeah. He's, he's not, not superhuman. He's, he's, yeah, he's not daredevil. I mean, he does do some superhuman stuff. He does. You know? Yes, yes. <laughs> But so yeah, I was a little surprised he didn't know there was somebody behind the door, and then like he didn't react fast enough no, that like they just hit him out. in the head. Yeah. Actually, no, Shalia, because they're waiting. Yeah. Right when there's somebody at the door, they're walking up. Yeah. And like he'll, he's going to hear footsteps yes. and all of that. So these by the time they get to to the friend's house, um, they already know they're dealing with a blind dude who has gotten away from them multiple times and and has killed people. They're waiting to ambush him. Yeah, yeah, now they're ambushing. So maybe I just wasn't sure if he did it on purpose so that they would leave them to Frank. So they put them in the back of the van. Which yeah. So <laughs> That was all tie fun. their hands behind the back. The two bumbling people. We got them. We got them. Yeah. And then there are three riding in the front seat. And they throw them they throw his sword out the window. After the guy gets cut. That was really clever the way they get back to it. Yeah. Yeah, that's my favorite thing of the movie. Like start counting out loud. And I remember that. So I how old were you guys when you first saw this movie? I think Jeez. I was in ninth or tenth grade. What? Yeah, I had been in middle school. So I was definitely in elementary school, and it was de- it was not something I was watching, but it's something like I was probably coloring in the living room while yeah. others were watching it. But I remember that scene very well, where he cuts his thumb, and I always thought it was suck my wound, but it's lick my wound, and then she does, and I'm like, ew, gross, mm, blood in your mouth. I know. And then uh, they throw that you, out. If you cut yourself while cooking, do you, would you not put your thumb in your mouth? Well, you shouldn't. Yeah. Because didn't I just hear in the news somebody's been people have been dying from licking? No, don't let your dog lick your wounds. Oh no, I wouldn't let my dog. Lick <laughs> but dogs' mouths are cleaner than people's no, mouths. They're not. They're not. Okay, so anyway, then they. Throw- <laughs> this is the last time you saw a dog put its tongue on its own ass, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> she said that with such conviction, though. Like, I, I was true, almost like, oh, though. wait, is that a fact? They're supposed to have, like, less things in their mouth. Anyway, I don't know. It, it, maybe. No. So they, he cuts himself, throws the cane out, and yeah, so smart. Yeah. He just tells the kids, start counting. Because I thought that that had to do with, like, the fire or the plan to get out, right? Because mm-hmm. they're... But nope, no, he it heard was, his stick got thrown. He's brilliant. I love this character. He's very smart. And he has the kid help him uh, get the back on fire. So they yeah. have to pull over. I really like that the kid threw the the thing yeah. and yeah. bounced off the guy's head. I was like, I was like, that's a good shot. Yeah, yeah. Smart, yeah the kid actually move. helped. Um, and then the woman helped drive, and then he's like, we got to go back because he got to go get his cane. 
um, which was hilarious because like, how far did you count? <laughs> 31 and he says start counting backwards from 31 and i was like or he could have just counted to 31 it's the same amount of numbers but it was pretty funny (laughs) why go 31 Uh, i I think actually that might have been for the more for the um three benefit of the audience (laughs) yeah yeah so so that we know what they're doing because they've turned around now they're going the opposite sorry they're going backwards they're going backwards but you're right (laughs) i when you when you commented on it i thought you meant because he actually started on 30 the kid starts on 30 and you made a comment and I was like I didn't need to spin one so, second. so they find the stick but the, yeah. it's going to take him longer to count backwards also this this <laughs> actually this assumes that they're going the same speed in the reverse direction yes it uh-huh. does. anyways and yeah but anyway it's funny one of those math problems so yeah, then the two guys basically. the two bad guys need to go after them so they yeah. stop they get this car to stop <laughs> they do. and it's a God, little so ladies good. in there and they make them get out and then the lady like pulls this pistol from her purse and shoots a, a pistol <laughs> with like an eight ten yeah. inch barrel and then what does he like, say like a cannon he's yeah. like that's why i always vote for gun control yeah <laughs> Which is a random thing to put in this movie. But it was so funny. Like, it was so perfect. Well, it was right after the 88 election, right? Yeah. So, yeah. like, in gun control was discussed. It, this is it, it was a, it was a Oh, this is a, this is a H.W. Bush movie. Yeah. 100%. Um, really funny. Uh, okay, drugs so. Drugs under the country. People designer drugs. Yeah, that's right. What did they say? Out in the desert? Uh, There's a lot of people with bad... What was it? Bad... I wrote it down. The desert say? is full of people who have bad attitudes. Yep. Yep. That's, that's who goes to the desert is wow. people with bad attitudes. So, so they make their way to Tahoe. They get to, yeah. Wait, they go Reno. to Tahoe? No. They Reno. go to Reno. Reno. Um, and, Sorry, Reno. And while trying to get to Frank, Nick exposes the casino for cheating. He does. <laughs> why, do, like, why do sinister devices always beep? If, if they didn't beep... No how, many, how many yeah movie plots would be ruined? I don't know. Well, it's so funny because I was like, he knows that he changed, he switched it, and that it's going to go black. Why doesn't he switch his bet? It was like, you can no, still that's, do that's it. Not the, he needs chaos. Yeah, yeah. To allow him to get up. And then and then you're like, oh wait, and you're just gonna out the whole because like as it lands on black, and I'm just like, okay. In fact, I wonder if he knew he that goes, they that they had the device even before he chose to start playing roulette. Probably. probably. Yeah. Wouldn't he hear it or something? He would. I mean, because they're doing it. They've been yeah. doing it. Right? Like, one is... Anyway, I don't know. But it was hilarious. Like, oh, no, you're just gonna knock the whole thing over. And then there's this, like... There's not that many black people in the movie. But this is a scene with a black person. <laughs> this woman grabs the wheel and is, like, ah, holding don't, it over. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> I don't want to hoist the wheel like there was over. a lot of black people in this movie. At Were the end, they? especially those two guys at the end. Yeah, well, so there's Well, they, they paired the up the... the the police officer at the beginning. Yep. The friends, the friend that they go to stay with, who's doing the yoga, was black, oh, right? Oh, Colleen. Yeah. yeah. Then there's the woman sad. there, and then the there's guys. another pair. The the the, the buyers. Yeah, the, the goon guys. The yeah, end. and then there's a couple other. Yeah. I I, I, yeah, never, yeah, yeah. I didn't notice You're it right. that way. Yeah. Well, okay. So probably because of some other stuff I've been watching lately. Ah. I've been like counting people of color. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that uh, just a weird thing? To, like I've gotten to that same point. Yeah. Uh, okay, so he makes it upstairs. Well, that was also funny. The like the main goons try to follow him, and that somebody pushes the basement, mm-hmm. and so yeah. they go down first. And they're just like, "Who pushed the basement? <laughs> like, yeah. why is that in there? It's so funny. It's so funny." <laughs> um, so, so he, he sees Frank. He sees Frank, and then makes it. Well, to get to Frank, he gets to the like 
secondary boss man and cuts off his eyebrows, which is pretty funny. (laughs) And then sees Frank and Frank's happy to see him. Um, So then they go back to get the kid. But Frank burns all his work. On his way out. Okay. And then it's like, okay. Yeah, because he didn't really want to do this, right? So he burns everything he's been working on. Burns all the drugs. So Frank and Nick go pick up Billy and find Billy's gone and Billy's Colleen's gone. dead. Colleen, yeah. And then the other woman, I don't remember her name. Yeah. But she's she's been taken to. She's kidnapped. Her and so, Billy are with the goons. Yeah. So then Nick and Frank have to go up a gondola. Yeah. Hey, is that where we stayed? Squaw uh, Valley, like the gondola, because like it's a ski place. No, but at the top, uh, at the top didn't seem the same because it was like we a villa or whatever you would call. Yeah, we didn't go to the top of the gondola. Actually, I really don't. Okay. Think it was anyway, up. they have to take a gondola up to the to this mountain, um, and when they get up there, that's where the diversion the final bad guys are. And they yes, shoot up the gondola. First of all, there's no one in there. They had he had mentioned how like during like when he was explaining to the to the son how the father was obsessed was it frank Mm -hmm. is obsessed with with uh explosives Mm -hmm. and then so he's making napalm in the gondola and and he drops some and i was like that's something you don't want somebody who's both obsessed with explosives and has butterfingers yeah (laughs) pretty funny yeah making napalm making it and stuffing it in his pocket yeah yeah although to be fair you need fire for that i mean yeah they're professionals um okay so they get through then there's the final big bad big bad the main guy wants to see him fight this japanese who like turns the corner very like he's just been like in the in had him like in the cut the whole time Mm -hmm. and then he does he's like wait i wanted to watch this we kind of skipped the part where he cut somebody's eyebrows off i already said that yeah to get to frank and they have a they're fighting over like a hot tub yeah, yeah well, there's a hot tub But room. there's a light that's fallen into yeah. it, so it's electrified. Yeah. That was also kind of video gamey. Yeah, so electrified water they're fighting over, and then he... Uh, wins. Wins. With Billy's help. With Billy's help. And Frank, I think, knocks the... Because the uh, main bad guy was going to shoot him. Yeah. And, like, knocks that guy so that it doesn't... Now, did he die? Did that main bad guy... Well, I, I don't I remember what ended him to him. No, I didn't. Okay, so uh, Nick. But they also don't show him like running away or anything. Did they just drop that topic? Or he just like I lost. (laughs) Want want. Oh well. Yeah. Um. So Nick beats the that guy, and then Slag shows up, and he's like, "I told you you couldn't outrun Bullet," because he shoots him. Yeah. And then Nick stabs him, and then cuts him in half and throws him out a window. He goes out the window. Goes out the window, and you can see his half and half body falling <laughs> that's what it is it's the phantom menace yeah they do the same thing in the phantom menace well influences so i was thinking i like i was like he doesn't fall apart in uh what is it robocop Mm-mm, no but there's a similar thing it looks kind of more fakey the way this movie does yeah but then uh, yeah in my head i was combining the phantom menace and robocop yeah that makes sense yeah it was yeah. pretty f- hilarious the and like it just kind of disappears this. at the bottom so in terms of movie making this is 1989 um, it was kind of interesting how they could like how that scene looked so fake, and there was also a uh, like a bug that was flying over the kid at some point during the road trip, mm-hmm. and it looked like a shadow. Like it, did. it was weird the way they kind of like overlaid film of the thing flying, and then when he he killed it, it was an actual like thing. And I was can, like, I don't. I, can we talk about how ridiculous it would be to be, a, be in a casino and somebody pulls out a samurai sword? And like slices up the table. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of feel like that's the kind of things that happen in casinos. Is it not? Knives. Maybe. 
Yeah. Switchblades. Actually, I was going to say, do we don't see a lot of Switchblades in movies now? Do you, no. You watch a lot more movies than I do. Uh, Not now, no. But that was kind of a 80s, 90s, sort, probably 70s too. Like the way he held it and then went. Like, yeah. it was very, like, a thing. Threatening. That's because we have more access to guns now, right? Like, yeah. you don't want to bring a knife to a gunfight. Okay, let's talk about influences. Did you guys identify any other influences from this movie? Daredevil. Yeah? I mean, that seems like an influence on this. I mean, like, the idea of putting stuff like that on screen. Sure. Yeah. Um. There's maybe, Is there another blind... There is like Drunken Master. Yeah. I think there's another like couple of blind ones where it's like when you anyone where where you feel like somebody is more disabled than they are. Yeah. So Drunken like Drunken Master is one that comes to mind. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you. Any sort of like media where someone's got some sort of disability sight, yeah. deaf, anything where they sort of maneuver with life and like are somehow like very highly skilled at something yeah. at the same time. Yeah. So um, that's funny because one of the things that I experienced this time watching it, the first time I've ever, so I think probably the first time I've ever seen this movie all the way through, I think I've looked up that scene before, aside from like the, that one time in elementary school where I kind of observed it. Um, I have a broken foot right now and I can't stand up um, or walk very well without my crutches. And watching this, I was like, oh my gosh, look at what he can do. <laughs> and I realized I was so, <laughs> I was so it's jealous. It's a fantasy. I forgot that he was blind many times because I was just so um, envious of his use of his feet and body. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I was just thinking about it like how, um, yeah, like when part of you doesn't work, you have to kind of improvise and use other parts. And yeah. how like how for me with a different, different type of dis- like mine is absolutely a temporary disability, mm-hmm. but like. How I'm just like, wow, look at he move his feet. Like, <laughs> um, like, give me, give me blindness. If I could walk, it would be amazing. Shalia? Huh? Please don't put that into the universe. I won't. But remember, I was teaching myself Braille Shalia, a few years ago. Please don't put this into the universe. Okay. Um, so I, I, that was an interesting concept to watch, watch this while having an impairment, um, to, to kind of empathize with. The other thing that I thought was interesting, sticking with the blind factor, is that it seemed, and please tell me if you think I'm wrong, it seemed like a fairly good depiction of somebody being blind. Like, he wasn't doing the, he wasn't overacting it or doing any of those like stereotypical, it like, it seemed re- almost respectful. May I quote the movie? Okay. Um, as Slade? Is that the bad guy? Oh. <laughs> uh, the main, the boss. The boss, boss said, you're a living example for hiring the handicapped. That's right. He did say that. Yeah. It's all a men- message about recruitment and diversity and hiring yeah. and inclusion. Um, yeah. Really, th- th- he was way more woke than we gave him credit for. But I thought that, yeah, I thought Rector Howard did a good job. On I loved this character. Tim has just sent me a picture of the poster, mm-hmm. which I've seen before. But um, he's he's in a good mood. Like he's of course just, he is. He's a guy. He's like a nice guy. It's yeah. funny. It was really good. Now, Kenan, I took a couple says, of quotes. Oh, sorry, real quick. It says he may be blind, but he don't need no dog. Huh? Yeah. Um. So, That's the movie. 
I took a couple quotes from you while we were watching this. Kind of really enjoyed it, Tim. He was laughing and getting very excited. Yeah. So he says, first, the one I wrote down was, this movie is a modern masterpiece. <laughs> I thought you meant quotes I liked from the movie. Then he said, this movie fucking rules. <laughs> and then before I even finished that one, he says, this movie's the shit. <laughs> Did you like this movie, Kenda? A little bit. <laughs> I watched guys, it a lot as a you kid. Asked, you asked how old we were when we saw it, and I wanted to elaborate yeah, is that friend of the show angela who's been hey. on a lot of like our sylvester stallone episodes um i saw that at his house when we were middle school oh so that's like the memories i have and i also don't remember the the movie before him walking down the street i don't yeah. know if that was an edit or something like that and so i was I, when i saw that part i thought it would be cool if they put that like during the bus ride it's like, like flashback a flashback how- almost like terminator when they right. when they sleep under the underpass and then you get that um flashback to the terminator um getting into the rebel base the resistance base the dogs barking yeah exactly because i think it would be really cool to introduce him as like competent and then able and then you see the the fun bar fight but you don't know where you got that from Yeah. yeah and then you see like oh he's trained a whole lot yeah. yeah, that would have been a good idea, I think. It's like a prologue, but you could have saved yeah. it yeah. and put it fun somewhere film. else. It's a, it's a fun fun film. It really is. It's uh, ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous in so many, so many different ways. ways. But um, fun. in a good way. So like in terms of influences, Ken, and you said Terminator 2. And Terminator 2 came out. So Terminator had already happened. Yeah. Terminator 2 came out after this. Yes. So do you think this might have influenced that a little bit? I could in terms see of that dynamic one or two. Because the there's some really like, it, particularly when it hit home was, the, was when he decided he had to leave at the end of the movie. And the kid, oh, yeah, the kid was crying. Like, crying and he was like devastated and really I felt like, you. yeah, when the Terminator has to self-terminator in, self-terminate in Terminator 2. And yeah, he's been, he's had this protector who he's gone from like kind of thinking was weird or scary or whatever to it becoming, or him becoming his, his uncle or family member mm-hmm. or father uncle figure. Nick. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, his dad has, a, as far as he felt, has abandoned him. Mm-hmm. Everyone leaves So him. he has fatherly feelings for him, maybe even more than you see for his own father in the movie. Yeah. Yep. Did he, did Nick catches it. What does he, what does he throw? The little rhinoceros. Oh, uh, yeah. He dinosaur. Throws, dinosaur. Dinosaur, yeah. Dinosaur. So he throws it off the overpass and Nick catches it. I was like, like, why did you do that? that? I mean, it makes for a good scene on the other hand, or on the other side when he actually catches it. Yeah. But I was like, why are you doing this? Why is that in your pocket? Like, I had a bit too many questions. Well, they point. did carry it with him. So that was one of the cool things was like during the road trip that was there. And there's a, a scene where Nick and Billy are hanging out. And it's kind of funny because like I know that this is an innocent interaction, but it also made me a little uncomfortable. Yeah. He's like feeling on Billy's face and yeah. it's like, um, what did he say? Like a strong nose and like how. Um, His chin was going to be like a strong man. A chin. strong man. And then a. Um, the the dinosaur thing and he was like this shows a very talented like you're really talented and but this he, is like one of his best buddies sons yeah and so then he that's... cries and then he's like and a strong pr- man isn't afraid to cry yeah and then the kid asks if he ever cries and i don't know if he answers it but the last scene of the movie after the dinosaur gets thrown and he catches it he's walking away and nick or yeah nick has a tear coming down thank yeah. you for that parallel so because great. remember terminator He's like, I see now why you cry, but yeah. it's something I can never do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, don't forget, tears and rain. Tears and rain. Oh. Tears okay. And rain. Before, if we're, it seems I like we're winding down. Power. So before we wrap up, 
I have a few quotes that I thought were choice, actually from the movie, not uh-huh. cho- ones that. So one of them, which I really like, he said um, when he's on the gondola, mm-hmm. he says, "My life changed, but it didn't stop." Yep, I like that a lot. That might yeah. be our quote for this episode. Yeah. No. And then one of the bad I, well, guys. Well, I already vetoed the hiring the handicap. One. Yeah. <laughs> like out of Fair context, enough. it's not gonna work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the same with the gun with with I always vote for gun control. Yeah. yeah. Like that's funnier in context and um but then when they try to shoot when when they shoot up the door when they when they've come up on the gondola and the guy said he's got more holes than my daddy's rubber. Oh yeah, they did say that. <laughs> he did I was like, What? I remember like watching like what? Oh, oh influence man. um along with this when they turn off all the lights and he's like, that's where I, I they were like, uh, we can't see him. He's like, that's where I live. That is, uh, Bane in the Dark Knight Rises. Oh, yeah. That is very much that. Um, and then my, the, the last one I really liked was he said, unreasonable men make life so difficult. And it's so true. Yeah. It's so a thousand percent true. Absolutely true. So. Okay. Other favorite things from this movie? Everything. yeah yeah okay one thing i thought was hilarious we haven't mentioned yet so throughout after the movie he kind of loses his like overcoat but when he first starts he's walking and he has this overcoat and then he's still wearing it in the restaurant and then he has it kind of like tucked on his bag at like one of the bus stops it looks satin to me which i thought was hilarious it's like shiny shimmery Hmm. like it looks like just like an overcoat but then when i actually like Focused in on it. I'm laughing like tough 80s guy, but also in Miami. And he's wearing like a satin cream or like golden color, champagne color coat. I, just, I mm-hmm. thought it was really funny. <laughs> Very 80s. Are you guys ready to rate it? Yeah. Blind Fury. Is it a classic or are we past it? It's a classic. I'm it's, sure. I'm surprised it's not on TBS and TNT all the time now. Well, it might have been what I how I saw it, to yeah. be honest. I'm like, right yeah. now, why it's not playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a classic. I agree. I would not. I did not think we were, that would be the case. Like, I've seen it twice in my life. You hadn't now. seen it for a while and you didn't know. Yeah, well, it was, it was also one that like I would bring up and people wouldn't really re- like know what I was talking about. Yeah, I don't know if it's like, it this wi- blind widespread, guy. And it's like Hobbs and um, Shaw. It's just like really dumb, but like fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I see what you're saying too, Shalia, because. Like, I loved it in ninth and 10th grade or, or when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know that it was still going to be an awesome movie. Yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> but it, it really is good. All right. Um, well, thanks for joining us, friends. Hopefully you had a chance to watch Blind Fury. Highly recommend you check out some of the other work from If you haven't Howard. watched it, watch it now. Yeah, um, if you haven't watched it, watch it and now. And what are we doing next week? And so next week, it's still summer, yeah. so we are doing summer school. Yay! I've been in summer school for the last two months. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> That's called, what is it called? Year-round school? Yeah, That's what much. they were switching to when I left yeah. Hawaii. It was like, Wait, they have year-round out. school in Hawaii now? I think so. Yikes. I thought, I was, so, like, I was so upset with the, the injustice of the idea of no true summer break when I, I was like 12. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> that sounds terrible. It makes sense. A lot of countries do that. Yeah. I think there was supposed to be one whole month off in the summer. I mean, yeah, a, a whole summer off does not actually make sense. Because like, from teacher's <laughs> point child, of view, a lot like, of them say that you lose a whole lot <laughs> uh-huh. of progress by giving them three months off. Yeah. And also pacing, right? Like having breaks throughout to like not have a like versus cramming it all in for nine months and then just like doing nothing for three. Um, do you know... Th- 
we're, we're off on our school podcast now, but do you know, like, is it supposed to be the same amount of days just distributed yeah. more mm-hmm. evenly? Yeah. That would be great. Like, having a lot of breaks mm-hmm. versus one big fat one. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think so, too. All right, friends. So, pack your books. No. No, yeah. none of these kids packed their pack books. Pack your books. <laughs> get yeah. ready for summer school. None of those kids pack books. Next week, when? Kendon, what will we be? We'll be back. <laughs>